0: Praise the Lamb of God. This is DK Grooms of Rockstar Truth, and I am so glad to see each and every one of you today. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Can we do that? Praise the Lamb of God. It is good to be in the house of the Lord, and it's good to have all of you, amen, from all over the world, tuning into Rock Solar Truth this morning. This is the day that the Lord hath made, and I, and you, and us will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. want to say hi to all of my friends throughout the world. Praise the Love of and God. And thank you for tuning into the Rock Solid broadcast today. Amen. If you got your Bibles, please turn to 3 John chapter 2. 3rd John chapter 2. We are going into our second ser- our second message in series. Amen. Heal. Amen. Third John, chapter 2. Beloved, I wish you the all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even if thy soul prospereth. Let us pray. Father, thank you today for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to stand behind this pulpit and to praise and exalt and to magnify you. I ask you, Lord, that every word that comes forth out of my mouth I ask you, Lord, to find a place of planning that it shall bring forth a harvest in the lives of those who have ears to hear and eyes to see. For, Lord, what I am bringing today is very, very important to the child of God, because so many of God's children are afflicted by this sickness or that sickness. And I would ask you now, Lord, to do a mighty work in each and every one that is tuned in. I'll give you all the praise, they will give you all the praise in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and all of God's people said. Amen. Last Sunday we began our new series entitled Healing and God Wants You Well. This morning I'm going to be dealing with a subtitle entitled What Does God Think About Sickness? That's pretty interesting, that's pretty powerful. I mean, I wonder how many of you, have, you have, have thought about that in the midst of the flu, in the midst of COVID, in the midst of uh, disease, in the midst of the doctor telling you you got this or that. Have you ever considered or have you ever wondered what God thinks about that? And so that's what I'll bring it to you this morning. Last week we established some pretty astounding revelations. And we established them. To the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation. We learned that healing is as much as God's will and salvation as forgiveness of sins is. I want to say that again. We've learned that healing is just as much and salvation as forgiveness of sins is. Last week we learned that Jesus never taught healing. He just preached the kingdom. And healing was a fruit of him preaching the kingdom. Today, we need to teach and preach about healing. Because there are so many churches and so many denominations that are preaching against it. And because they're preaching against it, or they say that that was at the beginning and that was the time of the apostles, or that was the time of the early church, and it does not pertain to us today. What's taking place is that the child of God is being robbed. And I'll say it again. The child of God is being robbed of what God has brought forth to the child of God. Look at Galatians chapter 3 verse 14. (coughs) Galatians chapter 3 verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Oh, wait a minute, let's deal with this for a moment, that the blessing of Abraham, Abraham was blessed through Deut- Deuteronomy 28, and we're going to be reading that in just a moment. But now we're talking about Old Covenant versus New Covenant. And what the Word of God is telling us in Galatians 3.14 is that you and I can have access to to all of the blessing that Abraham had in Deuteronomy. Yes, they know. God gave it to him by word. We have access to it by faith. I'll read it again. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The promise that was given to him. Now we can Deuteronomy chapter twenty-eight. I'm going to be reading verses four, one through fourteen because I want you to see the blessings that Abraham had. Yes. The blessings that God installed and gave to Abraham, and I want you to see that you have access to those by faith. And it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments. Which I command thee to stay, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Powerful word. I will set you on high to all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you. Amen? If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body. Wow. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flock of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way, and flee before you seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouse, and in all that thou settest thine hand to do. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee a holy people unto himself, as he hath sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God, and walk in his way. And all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods, in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy ground, and in the land which the Lord swear unto thy Father to give thee. The Lord shall open up to thee his good treasure, the heaven, to give the rain in thy land in its season, and shall bless all the work of thine hand, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. And thou shalt be above only. And thou shalt not be beneath. If thou shalt hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. Wow. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Praise the 11th. Wow. Yeah, those can be yours. And someone says, well, I don't have any cattle. I don't own any land. I don't have any storehouses. You know, you can take that which is spoken in that era, in that time, and relate it to your bank account now. Yeah. You can relate it to your health now. You can relate it to being blessed going in and out of the city, in the field. It's yours. Look at First Peter chapter 2, verse 24. 1 Peter chapter two verse twenty twelve. Who himself shall bear our sins in his own body on the tree? That we being good to sin, yet to sin should live under righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. I'll tell you what we need. We need revelation knowledge concerning these scriptures. We need the releasing of faith. So that we have understanding that when God blessed Abraham, and as a result of that blessing, he was set apart from all of the other nations. Amen. That's what God says to He says, you are a peculiar people. Yes. You have been set apart. Yes. We need to relate that to our salvation and relate that to what the Word of God is telling us and trying to implant within us that we get it. Sickness is not part of God's arsenal. I'll say it again. Sickness is not part of God's arsenal. But sad to say, there are many churches That teach that God uses sickness to allow, to teach, to help, to overcome, to bring patience, to help you in some way. They teach that. God will never, ever, 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 ever use sickness or disease. That's the tool of the devil. Yes. You know what that's like saying? That's like saying God will use sin to help you, to teach you. Because that's what it's like saying. God will never use sin. God will never use sickness. Sickness is part of the devil's tools. Will sickness and disease motivate you? Absolutely. Yes, it will. You'll get sick and tired of being sick and tired. You'll be getting sick and tired of of having this disease that you're living with. You'll get sick and tired of it, and it will motivate you to find a way out or to do something other than what you're doing. God will never use sickness or disease or sin to help you. What God gives you is His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. What God gives you is the Holy Word. What God gives you is another comforter like the Holy Spirit. And what God gives you is the Word which is a two-edged sword. We need nothing from the devil. Thank you. We need nothing from the devil but to take back what he stole. Yes. <coughs> Have you ever considered I'll say it again. What God thinks about sickness. Turn to Exodus chapter 15 verse 23. Exodus 15 verse 23. And when they came to Moriah, they could not drink of the waters of Moriah, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of them was called Moriah. The people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when, he, which when he had cast it into the water, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statue and or an ordinance, and there he proved them. So here's what's happened. Moses had brought the Israelites out of Egypt, and they crossed the Red Sea. And now the Israelites are murmuring against Moses because of the bitter waters and they say, what are we going to drink? And God shows Moses a tree tells him to cast it into the water and when he does, the water is made sweet. So there's a place called Moriah. The water is supposed to be consumable. The water is supposed to be life-giving water. They just crossed the Red Sea. And they find it with bitterness. They find the waters bitter. So in order to remove the pollution, in order to remove the contamination, in order to remove the curse, God said, here's a tree. Moses cast it into the water, and the water shall be made sweet. They are in the wilderness. They are in the desert. That which is supposed to be life-giving water is now bitter. This tree is a type in the shadow of the cross of Christ. A type in the shadow. You see, this world has become polluted and contaminated with the evil and the corruption and the sickness of the devil. Back in the Old Testament, God used a tree to give to the waters something that would clean it up, something that would take away the curse, something that would take away the pollution, so that the people would be able to drink and it would be sweet yes. unto them. Jesus looked at the woman at the Samaritan well. And he said, if you drink of this water, if you drink of the sweetness of this water, you'll never, ever, ever thirst again. Way back in the Old Testament, we see the hand of God moving. Bringing forth the power, bringing forth His healing, bringing forth His mercy, bringing forth His grace. Look at Exodus chapter 15 verse 26. And said, if thou will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon me, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Amen. Now watch this. In verse 26, we find God revealing himself as our healer. Who is our healer? Jehovah Rapha. The Lord that healeth things. Back in Exodus, we see God revealing Himself. It's the first redemptive name that's ever been given to God in the Word of God. Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord thy God that healeth there. That which is bitter shall be made sweet. Amen. That which is contaminated and polluted shall be made sick. So they just come out of Egypt. What does Egypt represent? Bondage. Slavery. Affliction. Sickness. Disease. Suffering. Misery. So, and the Lord. From the very beginning, all of a sudden, we're seeing. If you did that, curses would flow to you and overtake you. (coughs) Look at Exodus chapter twenty-four, verse one. Exodus twenty-four, verse one. And he said unto Moses, Come up unto the Lord, thou and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu. 70 of the elders of Israel, and worship the angels far off. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but David shall not come nigh, neither shall the people go up with him. <clears throat> and Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord, and all the judgments. And all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which the Lord hath said, we will do. So let's this stop. <clears throat> we have been told over and over and over and over and over about how God places sickness and about all these things in the Old Testament that God has placed upon people. But what nobody told us is that the people, when they heard what Moses had to say, said, You tell us what the Lord, which is Deuteronomy 28, You tell us what the Lord said, and we will do it. We'll do it. So the Israelites signed a contract with the words of their mouth. They signed a contract which authorized God, and not only authorized Him, but obligated Him to bless them or curse them. Depending on their behavior. Right. Oh my goodness. Right. To bless them or curse them according to their behavior. Good or bad. So when we see all of these things taking place, we're looking at God being unmerciful, God being cruel, God killing. God doing all of these things in the Old Testament, when in reality, Israel made a covenant with God and said, if we do bad, curse us. If we do good, bless us. We will do all that you say. And so God is obligated now to perform His Word because He's a just God, because He's a fair God. And He is the God that says, you wanted this, amen? This is the covenant that we made. Now I must authorize it and I'm oblig- obligated to do it. Right. Wow. Hmm. Now look at Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15. But it shall come past. It will we'll not hearken unto the voice of the Lord by God. To observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I commanded. This day that all these curses shall come upon me and overtake Right. This is the part now. That God has to fulfill his (coughs) word Because they're in covenant. God should not lie. God is just, God is fair. They have agreed. And now, the Lord has to fulfill what has been spoken. Look at Deuteronomy 28, verse 58. Everybody getting this? Right, yep. If thou wilt not observe to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, that thou mayest fear this glorious and fearful name, the Lord thy God. Then the Lord will make thy plagues wonderful, and the plagues of thy seed even great plagues, and of long countenance, and sore sicknesses, and of long countenance, continuance. Moreover he will bring upon thee all the diseases of Egypt, which thou wast afraid of, and they shall cleave unto thee, and every sickness and every plague which is not written in the book of this law, Then will the Lord bring upon thee until thou be destroyed. Wow. Every disease that's not even wrote in the book. We are seeing now in the world today. Because of the curse. Because of the words that were spoken. Because of the words that are affiliated with. You see, the law was fulfilled when Jesus Christ came. But it's only fulfilled to those that are the brethren. It's only fulfilled to those. You see, Jesus Christ has already saved everybody in the world. And someone's going to say, what are you talking about? Everybody has already been saved, but it doesn't come automatically. You have to accept it. You have to believe it. Everybody has already been healed by his stripes. You were healed, but you have to believe it. You have to accept it. You have to walk in it. It does not come automatically. So what does God see as, how does God see sickness? He sees it as a curse. He sees it as something that came out of Egypt, an affliction, a torment, a plague. Please make note of this, is that when sickness came upon somebody in the Old Testament, it was not what God wanted to do. God did not want to inflict them with sickness. It came because of their disobedience. It came because of the word that they said, and this we shall do. Whatever the Lord says, we shall do it. That's why it came. God didn't want to do it. It was an agreement. That they made between them and God. I tell you that opens up a lot of doors. It surely does. That opens a lot of thinking because all of a sudden we find out that God is not such a bad guy in the Old Testament. All of a sudden we find out he's not such a killer. All of a sudden we find out that he's not such a, that he has no revenge. All of a sudden we find out that this is not something that he wanted to do. He's bound by the covenant that they made between himself and them. Oh, by the way, that's the reason people die, born again, children of God die in their sicknesses, is because they don't understand the covenant there. They don't understand why they're not healed. They go through all of these things and they don't understand the covenant that they are in. They don't understand the words that they speak. They don't understand that the very things that they say keeps them bound. Bound. And they die in their sickness. Why? Because of the things you say, the things that you do, the way that you think. Jesus has given healing to everyone. But it's not automatic. It's not automatic. Any sickness that's in your body, God sees it as a curse. Something that is illegal to be there. Oh my goodness. Something that is illegal to be there. It's broken into your house. And once it's in your house, you've allowed it to stay. Because Christ has redeemed us from it. Yes. You see, this isn't something everybody wants to hear. <coughs> People don't want to hear this because it makes them accountable. They don't hear it. They don't want to hear it. Job, chapter 42, verse 10. I want to show you what the Word of God shows you about the sickness that Job went through. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friend and the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. What does God call the sickness that Job went through? Captivity. calls it captivity. And that's exactly what sickness is. Captivity. Why? Because it holds you captive. You're a prisoner in your own prison. You're a hostage. When you're a captive or when you're in captivity, you're in a very limited place. You're in a place where you're being told to do something, even though you don't want to do it, but yet you've got to do it. That's what captivity is. When you're in captivity, you're in a very limited place. You have restrictions. You cannot even hope, because your hope is involved in those restrictions. Things that you want to do, you're not able to do. Things that you dreamed of and desired and wanted, you're not able to do. it. Why? Because you're a captive. Because you're a captive in your own body. And because of that snake, you're not able to do the things that you desire to do. So now we've got two words according to the Word of God that describe sickness, curse and captivity. You see, what I'm telling you right now should be making you very angry. What I'm telling you right now should be making you very angry. Because if you're dealing with a sickness, if you're dealing with a virus, you're realizing that you've been robbed. You've been robbed. Our spouses have been robbed. Our children have been robbed. Our neighbors have been robbed. The church has been robbed. Robbed. Because we don't see sickness the same as God sees it. Look at Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. This is Jesus speaking, he's beginning his ministry. He goes right to the book of Isaiah, and he begins to preach this in the temple. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He hath to preach deliverance to who? Captive. The captives. What is sickness? Captives. Captive. And recovering sight to the blind instead of liberty, them that are bruised. Jesus came to deliver them. You see, sickness should be viewed as an illegal intruder. Who is in a place that they should have never allowed to be in. Never allowed. i was read you a story a couple weeks ago about a couple, I don't remember where I read it from, about a couple that both had very good jobs and they would take their five-year-old daughter over to their mother and father, their grandparents, while they went to work. Every day this five-year-old child would crawl up on the on the sofa and take a nap in the afternoon. She's five years old, she's tired after crying. One day the grandma was going to move the sofa because she was going to clean underneath, and all of a sudden she heard the rattling of a rattlesnake. And she yelled at the grandfather, and he went out into the garage and got some tools to till it to kill it. And when he disposed of it. They did a lot of things that day. They killed the snake, they got rid of it, they disposed of it, but I want to tell you one thing that they didn't do. They didn't pray and ask God whether or not it was his will that that snake be in their house. That's the one thing they didn't do. Didn't ask the Lord. See, I would never allow a snake into my house. Never. I would never make arrangements to cohabitate with a snake. I would never change my life because a snake desires to live in my house. If there's a snake in my house, I'm going to kill it. I'm going to kill it. Because it's a snake. It's not supposed to be there. It has no right to be there. And we allow it to be there. Look at Luke chapter 13, verse 11. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could no wise lift up herself. <clears throat> you can take this woman to any doctor in the country, take her to anywhere in the world and ask them what her problem is. They would tell you, you crippling arthritis. Meningitis, muscular dystrophy. But not one of them would tell you that her problem is the spirit of infirmity. A snake is coming to her life. Not one of them would tell you that. Not one of them would tell you that a snake has illegally went into her house and is now living. And when Jesus saw her, verse 12, he called her to him and said unto him, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. Praise the Lord. Look what he says. You're loosed. You're free. The prison doors have been set open. The captive have been set free. He laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. You as a born again child of God have power and authority over every disease and over every devil. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 9 verse 1. Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all the devil and to cure diseases. Why isn't it happening? Why isn't it happening in the lives of God's people? What's the problem? Well, it must be that God does not want me to be healed. When he's healed everybody. When he's saved everybody. When he's delivered everybody. So the problem has got to be within ourselves. problem. We speak unbelief when we don't even know we're speaking unbelief. We speak unbelief. What is it that does not get us healed? Unbelief. unbelief. It's the only thing. Jesus said if you have faith as tiny as a mustard seed, then you can stick to the mountain, you can cast it into the sea, and whatsoever you ask, you shall be healed. What is it? Then why are we not healed? Because I don't believe. It. We say things, we say things that we don't even think is unbelieving. I hope money comes in. I hope you don't catch what I've got. I hope that this will be that this will be better. I hope. I hope. unbelief. Because we speak things that we don't even know is unbelievable. It doesn't even register that it's unbelievable. I hope. I hope. And you wonder why it's not working in your life? Because we're speaking things that literally knock out the blessing. God has given. Because unbelief is going to do it every single time. So you know what needs to take place? You need to learn how to speak all over again. And you need to learn how to speak according to God's word. And this just isn't for you, this is for me as well. There are times that I speak something and the minute it comes out of my mouth, I realize that out of the abundance of my heart is where this came from. And because of that, there's that unbelief. And the devil is constantly working with that. Until you learn how to speak correctly. Because words are important. The entire world was created by words. Your words are important. The minute you speak them, they are on their way to do what you've spoken. Right. In your life. The negativity in your life. All of the things that are happening to us, 98% of us is a result of the words we've spoken. The words we've spoken. And we, and we wonder why our relationships are not good. We wonder why all of these things are, are not taking place because of the word that we've spoken. You see, I can't make people love me. And a lot of them don't. But that's not my place. My place is just to love them. Amen. Well. That's my place. Those are the things that I've got to do. I can't make them love me. All I need to do is continue to love them. Does that mean that I have to be around them? No. I mean, if there's a if there's a separation there, you just continue to love them, and the words that you speak will heal the relationship. Because words powerful because words are marvelous. I don't care whether it's healing, prosperity, whatever the case may be. You speak it. Your marriage is bad. It's because you've spoken it. You've said things concerning it. Your relationship with your daughters, your relationship with your children, your relationship with your parents. It's because words have been spoken. The reason that you are not healed because words The reason prosperity is not happening. Words have been spoken. I hope. Now I The word of God tells you that everything that is not faith is sin. Wow. going to have to change your language. You're going to have to change how you think. You're going to have to change how you act. You're going to have to change what you say. No. And this has come late in my life. What matter does it make? What does it matter? Your life hangs in the balance. That's what matters. be aggressive towards sickness. You need to take authority over your life. And if you can't speak faith, then shut up! Amen. Amen. Keep your mouth shut! Glory to the Lamb of God. Yes. Word. Speak to the mountain and believe on what you say will come to pass. I'm talking all over the world now. It's true. And someone is going to say, wow, he's intent. Life is intense. It is. And it's time that we stop giving the devil the very tool that he wants to use to destroy us. Okay. Matthew chapter 21 verse 41. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, Mary, I say unto thee, if you have faith and doubt not, you should not only do what done to the fig tree, but also that you shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it will be What's the Lord? Thank you. Sister Sue goes, Yeah. It's a lot. Mark chapter 11, Verse 23. Mark 11, 23. For verily I say unto you, and whosoever shall say unto this mountain, this mountain is any problem that you have. Doesn't matter what it is. Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. But shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. Why is it that we're not having whatsoever we say? I'll tell you why. The Word of God tells us. That the man so thinketh in his heart, so he is, and shall eat the fruit thereof. You know what that means? That means the word that you have spoken, that you have spoken, go into your field. And you can eat the field. You're going to eat it. Nobody else is going to eat it. You're going to eat it. Because that's how it is. If you believe, how do we believe without doubting? I'll tell you what. Mark 21, 21 and Mark and, and Matthew 21, I'm sorry, Matthew 21, 21 and Mark eleven, twenty-three. 23, say it 50 times a day. If you don't want to say it 50 times a day, say it 25 times a day. Say it 15 times a day. Say it 50. There will come a point. When the word that you speak, you will begin to believe it. Amen. Because words are powerful. Believe and be not moved. Believe and stand firm. Believe and be not afraid. I was praying yesterday. I was thinking about Jesus being the author and the finisher of our faith. God loves finishers. God loves finishers. Being a finisher is a big deal to God. Why? Because anybody can start something. Anybody can start something. I could go get in a marathon tomorrow and start it. But finishing it is a whole other idea. Finishing it is another whole nother round. Anybody can start anything. Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. God's in the finishers. Finishers. Anybody can start something. It's going to be those that endure to the end. And finish it. We need to be having revelation by God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be what? Perfect. Perfect. That word, perfect, means completed, thoroughly furnished, delivered to good work. Now look at the list in in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. I'll tell you, there's one thing that you don't see in that list, and that's sinfulness. So here's what you need to become perfected. Here's what you need to become complete. Is the Word of God, the Holy Ghost, Jesus Christ, instruction in the Word. Which comes from your pastor, evangelist, whatever the case may be, fivefold ministry. So if you're a lover of the word, if you're a disciple of the word, and in order to become complete, that's what you have to be involved in. God does not use sickness. God uses life. He uses the word. He uses the Holy Ghost. He uses faith. Look at Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. Well, the Word of God is quick, and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. What did Jesus say about His Word? He said, My words are spirit and they are life. So He said. Here, the Word of God is telling you what that Word does. And it even goes into your joints and your marrow, it goes into the deepest parts in your body. And it is the fervor of your thoughts and the intents of your heart. Wow. Look at Mark chapter 3, verse 1. <coughs> Mark chapter 3, verse 1. And he entered into the synagogue, and there was a man there which had a withered hand. And they watched him, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. And he saith unto them, the man which had the whip of the hand, stand forth." And he said, and he saith unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath day, or to do evil, to save life, or to kill? They held in peace. This is strong language. This is strong wrong language being by Jesus.
1: He says, is it lawful
0: to do good or to do evil? Is it lawful to save life or is it lawful to kill? Is it lawful to save life or is it lawful to kill? Because here's what Jesus is saying. If I don't heal him, I'm killing him. If I don't heal him, I'm killing him. That's what he was telling the Pharisees. Is it lawful to do good or is it lawful to do evil? So Jesus looked at the sickness as that which is killing you and that which is evil and that which is a curse. And Jesus comes into their presence and he says, If I don't heal him, I'm killing him! Wow. This is the attitude of Jesus when it comes to sickness. Look at verse five. When he looked around about the them with anger, rightfully so, with righteous indignation. Anger, being grieved for the hardness of their heart. Oh, by the way, you're living with your sickness. I want to tell you the reason you're living with it is because your heart is hardened. That's why. Your heart is hard. You don't think it's a big deal. You'll think it'll be gone in a week, two weeks, whatever the case may be. Here, whatever the case may be. I've got medicine for it. I've got this for it. The doctor says this, blah, 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 blah. And grieve for the hardness of their hearts. Now, I got a question. How do you expect to heal somebody else if you're not healed yourself? How do you expect to believe for them if you can't even believe for you? That's pretty powerful. Well, you know, Pastor, I can always believe for somebody else better than I can believe for me. And There are instances that there are people who have not been healed. Smith Wigglesworth was one. He was never healed of this disease. But all that means is that Smith Wigglesworth did not see it as a a, a tragedy in his life. That's all that means. Because Jesus is willing to heal anybody. We're talking about Smith Wigglesworth. who raised at least 11 people from the dead. I want to tell you, it's always going to be there because, have you ever wondered why you're not healed, it comes down to one thing, unbelief, and there's many times where you don't think you're worthy of it, and when you me is you can't even heal yourself. And they may not say that, but that's simply what they're going to think. Because Jesus Christ healed everybody that came into his presence. when you start to come to the truth of scriptures, you realize that you've been robbed. You've allowed the snake to come into your house I'm telling you, we need to cut the head off of the snake. We need to cut the head off of the snake. Notice what I love about David. After he had defeated Goliath, he ran after him. After he knocked him to the ground, cut his head off. Cut his head off. And held it up. Held it up. So that all of the army could see that he was in the football. The The devil's already been defeated. He's already been defeated. You know what the biggest problem is? Well, you know what? It didn't go away right away. Ah. We prayed and it just didn't go away right away. It just didn't go away. I still got the symptoms. I'm still dealing with that. And so, we say things like, oh well, instead of saying, you're a liar, you're a liar. i did been even with this for two years. Two years. Now was through my own fault that it happened, but that has nothing to do with nothing. Two years I've been dealing with this. I've had people tell me that you need to go to the doctor, you need to check it out because it's cancer. Two years I have stood on it and I said, no way. And it's healing over. It's taken a long time to fill up that hole with new skin. I just had somebody ask me about it Friday. I stood on the word. Designed. Many, many years ago. I stood on the word. I've never ever ever put another set of glasses on my head. Never. Never. I stayed true to my course. Because that's how faith works. It isn't about instantaneously. It's about faith in you standing. It's about you finishing up where you started. That's what it's at. About finishing up. Pretty powerful. What does God think about sickness? He thinks it's a curse. And it does not belong in your body. You've been robbed. But you don't have to keep being locked. That's the good news. That's what this series is all about. For you to be able to stand on the word. And be able to go forth in victory. Because even though at 74, going to be 75, there's new arenas for me to walk through concerning healing concerning healing for you, new places for you to go, and all you've got to do is stand on the faith that has been given to you. But if you understand how God feels about it, then you can come to the reality and say, you know what? If he thinks it's like that, then I believe that as well. And so when you speak that, what those words do is they come back to you, and that word starts working on the inside of you, and you say, no, no more. No more am I walking in that. Now I'm speaking the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm speaking the faith that's given to me. I am healed. that what God gave in salvation when you were born again not only forgiveness of sins but healing deliverance and all other, and prosperity and all of them are just as important there's not one more important than the other we'll give you all the praise and all the glory thanking you in advance for what you're doing in the lives of your people. And all of God's people so. Amen. 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 Praise the Lamb of God. I want to thank each and every one of you for joining with us today. It has been a pleasure speaking to you. It's been a pleasure reaching out to you. Amen. Be blessed of the Lord. This is DK Bloom that's rock out the truth Go with God. And he shall surely go with you.